Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening in with us today on our podcast, For the Sake of the Child. Our podcasts are brought to you by the Military Child Education Coalition, whose work is focused on ensuring quality educational opportunities for all military-connected children affected by mobility, family separation, deployment, and transition. Here at the MSEC, we want to ensure that every military child is college, workforce, and life ready. In our podcasts, we will share your stories as we talk to military service members, professionals, parents, and military kids. Please like, share, and subscribe. And we appreciate your comments, questions, and ideas for topics that you would like to hear more about. Welcome to our podcast for the sake of the child. My name is Tara Gleason and I am your host. I'm a military spouse. I'm also a parent to three military kids and I work here at the Military Child Education Coalition. Joining me today is Mary Keller. She is the big wig here at the MSEC. The big wig. wig. She'll, She'll do her formal introduction here in a minute. But it occurred to me that some of you listeners out there might have come upon one of our podcasts and you may not know anything about this MSEC that we're talking about and some of the wonderful programs that we're doing and some of the wonderful work. So I talked to Mary about it and I think we're going to also talk to some of our program managers so that you can know a little bit more about what we're doing here at the MSEC. Well, thank you, Tara. Good morning. I'm still stuck on you calling me a big wig. That's pretty impressive. You ought to write my children a note and say, <laughs> say that. Um, well, Military Child Education Coalition, you know, we turned 20 this year. You know, we're just, when we say for the sake of the child, I mean, really, that's it. And if you think about the name of our organization, so if if you said, well, what does Military Child Education Coalition do? Well, you can think of our name. We really focus on uh, about the 2 million children whose parents are serving currently. And that means they're full-time, active duty, National Guard, or Reserve. And we know that the National Guard and Reserve family members can be full-time, but for the most part, they're not. Most of the time, they serve, you know, as they're called upon in their specialty. But it's important to include everybody. So when a parent gets up and they're wearing the uniform and their children are uh, then part of our military family who also serve. So it's about 2 million kids. And then there's another 2 million kids, roughly. This is a really hard number to get a hold of. But these are children and youth whose parents are post-9-11 veterans. So they need to think about it. You know, we're 17 years plus of war. So, I mean, we have kids that are, you know, in their 20s that really don't have a a lot of memory about anything but the service of their parents. Uh, So I think it's really important, especially with our all-volunteer force, and that's why we were started, is that, you know, we really focus on the implications for children. So can you share a little bit about what we're doing now? Well, we've always been evidence-informed and research-informed. And we always felt like if we're going to put education in our name, we're serious about it. Right. And we want to be sure we have, you know, that we're thoughtful and then that we're keeping up with policy as much as we can and that we're focused in on teaching and learning. And that means parents, professionals, you know, students, and and I mean, in the beginning, it was, you know, I left my public school career uh, in 2000, and I didn't retire. I just then felt really compelled, and I wanted to do so a little scary. But I'm so glad that I did that. 
and then other people just pitched in. So in the very beginning, we had enormous volunteers because we had one and a half employees. <laughs> and uh, how many employees do we have now? We just have almost, I think, almost 180. Wow, maybe more than that. Jack Valentine, our chief of staff, knows, but you know, I kind of don't keep up with it. But it's you know part time and full time people. And uh, again, a lot, a lot of volunteers. And uh, but so now, I think over time we really developed our lines of focus because you want to think about it. And we talk about surrounding kids with convoys of support. You know, because you know, how do you have peers and others? And we never wanted to separate uh, military connected children. I mean, they're just kids, you know, from their civilian uh, counterparts, or to say. You know, military parents are different. You know, they're not the same parent as a civilian parent. Parents are parents and kids are kids. And everybody has their story. So uh, I think that's what we really continue to focus on. Our student programs, our parent education initiative, of course, you've been involved in that. And, you know, really our outreach in schools. You know, we have a thousand schools with student, student to student. We started with five. Mm-hmm. And then uh, our whole focus on professional development was from the very beginning. So we had to think, okay, who who is a first responder in a school? And it's usually school counselors, registrars, administrators. Who's the first, you know, line of connection? And then so AUSA helped us write our very first curriculum. And our first corporate sponsor uh, was USA. You know, and then Bob Ray was the chief of staff for Department of Defense Education Activity did a tremendous amount with uh, to help us get started. And then we did the secondary education transition study for the Army as volunteers. The only thing that we got any compensation for was printing. <laughs> so we printed it. But uh, volunteers out in, in 36 high schools, I think, or 34 high schools. And, and I mean, it's a, it's a remarkable story of dedicated people who really, really have always been focused on the... So it's, it's not any one person. This is just like a remarkable story. But it's also a story of doing the right thing at the right time, you know? Right. And it's a story of risk and resilience. I mean, who knew? You know, uh, so I can't tell you that we planned it. So we try to continue with that now and really try to be innovative and push things like your podcast and... You know, how else, how else, how else uh, can we reach people? And I think that also speaks to why we're 86 cents to every dollar that goes back to programs, mm-hmm. you know. And we're going to talk a little later with some of the program managers so yeah. they can they cool. can tell us, right, right. you know, right, exactly the doing. exciting things yeah. that they're doing in their programs and, and how that helps families. Right. And then that, you know, trickles down to helping those military kids, which is the focus of, of what we do. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And it's. And it's this whole collaborative, like from the very beginning, you know, when we thought, you know, as you know, we're obsessed about purple. But for us, uh, you know, I, I know it means like a joint service effort, but, you know, for us, we think about it as really emphasizing the idea of community. And if you take the red, white, and blue and the flag, you know, it, it's going to make purple. And uh, and I know it depends on how much you put in, a, you know, of different quantities, but it's some shade of purple. And uh, but that is kind of the all in. We're all in, and it's and we really also in our science board has, has done a great job of focusing on that. And 
and that is that we want to emphasize a positive youth development in growth. You know, military and veteran-connected kids are not kids to feel sorry for, uh, but rather to help them thrive through good and challenging times. So that's, I would say that's kind of a core value for us, don't you think so? I agree. You know, it's like, what are we going to do? Let's, let's emphasize goodness, because if people tell you what you can't do, you can't do, you can't do, I mean, it, it incapacitates you, and rather we want to build up the capacity of people, but recognize when you need to put thicker support. Right, recognize those challenges, identify the needs, yeah. try to right, you know right. provide those tools right. to, to meet the needs, but then right. power on after that. Well, I'm, I'm all the way back to the idea of being a big wig. So. Yeah. <laughs> all right, thanks, Kira. All right, thank you. Joining me is Judy Glennon. She's the program manager here at the Military Child Education Coalition for our Parent to Parent program. Judy, can you tell us a little bit about Parent to Parent? Sure. At present, we have 15 teams, 14 of them are community-based teams, and then we have our webinar team. These teams are staffed with military parents who live in their home communities, obviously, and offer workshops to other military-connected parents. It's just grown over time. We've had over 238,000 parents who have come through our workshops um, since 2006 when we started keeping track to the present. Every month, we have more than 2,000 parents across the United States who come to these workshops. In most months, it's upward of 5,000 parents. So we partner with organizations. We very rarely will just find a location and say, we're going to do a workshop here, because military parents are really, really busy. They're already involved with the things that their kids are doing and they're involved with their churches, which we also work with. Uh, many of them are in homeschool groups, and so we work with homeschool groups as well. But we try and find activities and events where the parents already have to be there with their children, and then we go in and offer a program for them that is meaningful and that addresses a topic that they're interested in. So on that note, you mentioned early literacy workshops. What are some other workshop titles that we offer in Parent to Parent? Sure. We have over a hundred workshops that organizations and parents can choose from. Um, right now, one of the big topics that everybody's interested in is back to school. And so we have a really interesting and informative workshop called Back to School Basics where we address for children who are, maybe they've moved and they're in a new school, we offer topics and suggestions that parents can communicate with that child's teacher. We talk about homework. That's another great workshop that we have is avoiding homework hassles, time management for kids. That's a really big one for rising elementary school students and middle schoolers especially to help them to learn how to manage their time. Parent-teacher conferences. In this workshop, we offer tips for parents so that they can prepare in advance of the parent-teacher conference and think about the challenges that they may have seen their student having with homework or other types of issues or concerns that they're having so that they can go in and have that one-on-one -on -one positive dialogue with the teacher. Then we move into middle school. Like I said, there's time management. We have a great workshop on keys to success in middle school where we talk about a long list of topics that parents of middle schoolers really want to know. So when we get into high school, we're talking about 
that rigorous academic course of study and and not every student's course of study is going to be the same. So we help parents to understand how to identify their students' strengths, how to look at their, their study skills, how to help them to organize their, their records so that they can have ownership of their academic history so that when they're getting ready to apply for college, which is another great workshop, college application, so that they can, they can be prepared and, and as ready as they possibly can be when they get ready to, to move on to that next level. Tell them a little bit about Tell Me a Story, because it seems to me everywhere I go, when they hear parent to parent, for whatever reason, they think, oh, they think of those Tell Me a Story, events, so. absolutely. The very first real program for parents that we offered was our Tell Me a Story program. And what this is, is a family literacy event. It's not a place where parents bring their kids and drop them off and let somebody read them a story and have an activity. What we really do with Tell Me a Story is we bring in a guest reader, a celebrity reader. It can be the garrison commander, the installation commander. It can be the mayor. We've had Miss South Carolina and Miss Tennessee, but people with name recognition because we think it's important for children and families to understand that they are part of a much larger caring community and that other people will take time out of their busy day to to come and share with our very precious military connected kids. We read the story, the guest reader reads the story, we project the pictures up on, on a big screen and then when that's over we have guided facilitation where we break them down into smaller groups and we bring out specific topics from the story and we ask the kids what they thought. And in this way, we're patterning for the parents how they can take any story that the kids are interested in and read it to them or read it with them if they're older and then get the children to talk about what they thought at particular points along the way, how it felt, can they relate to what's happening to the child in the story. And then we take it one step further and we always have some sort of guided activity where the parents and the child create something together that relates also back to one of the themes of the book. And all of the books that we choose are based on uh, character development, positive character strengths and traits, um, because we think it's really important to start very young, helping children understand in a very non-aggressive very kind of clandestine way about character development and doing the right thing even when nobody's looking, small acts of courage, kindness, and empathy, and things like that. And right now we have 17 books in the catalog that communities can choose from when they want to do a Tell Me a Story. And it's not just restricted to communities that have parent-to-parent -parent teams. Well, thank you so much for telling us a little bit more about parent-to-parent. -parent. Sure. Joining me is Deborah Longley. She is the program manager for our student to student programs. Can you tell us a little bit more about student to student? Yes, I love talking about student to student. Student to student has three different levels of student to student. We have the high school level, and we call that S2S. We have the middle school level, we call it JS2S. And we have the elementary school level, and we call that ES2S with a small e. So our programs are aimed at helping new students transition in school and then to help students transition out of school. We're based on six core values. I kind of equate it to like building a house. So when we go into training, we teach them how to build their S2S program. 
So our foundation is leadership because you can't have a program without leadership skills. And so we go in and we teach this new student to student organization how to become leaders in their school. And then the walls of their house we call the academics and service because you have to have those up to protect. Academic protects the students, service protects those people in the community by helping others and also helps the new student. We tie it all together with finding the way because it helps them, like the roof structure is finding the way. So it helps them kind of hold that structure in place and hold this, the S2S program is finding the way. And then the door to our little house is like getting into people's hearts, and that's relationships, and that's what S2S does. We can talk about academics, we can talk about service, we can talk about all that, but we know what students really look for the most is relationships when they go into that new community and the new campus. And then the overarching principle, which is the roof, which protects the house, protects the building of S2S, is our 100% acceptance. And so we tell students that that is a non-negotiable when they start a student-to-student program, 100% acceptance. Now, that doesn't mean you have to adopt, you have to agree with, or that you have to um, take on whatever their difference may be. It's just saying you're going to accept them and respect them for who they are. So that's kind of how we talk about building an S2S program. Um, We have programs all over the world and country. It's a very exciting time in S2S because we are starting to really pick up our sustainment process. Um, when, when I first got here, we did a lot of training, but we didn't do a lot of sustaining. And now we're bo- building that part of the program up. So we provide resources, coaching, ongoing trainings, just like when we go, when we as professionals, we always have to keep getting training to be our best. And so we um, have boosters. Um, we do a newsletter that comes out at least once a quarter here at Infect. And um, it gives them ideas and idea sharing. We recently wrote a big book of ideas, and that will be coming out to help sustain their programs. So that's, we also have our Francis Hesselbein Student Leadership Program, which is an in-depth leadership to help build that strong foundation of the program and um, give them those leadership skills to um, take back, teach the other students in their S2S and the new students and grow and sustain their program. Thank you so much. That's some great information. Joining me is Amanda Holsey, who is in charge of our professional development program here at the Military Child Education Coalition. Can you go ahead and introduce yourself and then tell us a little bit about your program? My name is Amanda Holsey, and I am the program manager for professional development at MSEC. And I've been with MSEC uh, for about 11 years in various positions. And now, um, for about the last three years, I have um, been in charge of professional development. And we basically provide a layer of support for those professionals, like the guidance counselors and teachers, school support staff, school psychologists, social workers, really anybody who comes in contact with military and veteran-connected kids. So we want to provide that support to them so that they can be better prepared uh, to transition students into their school and also transition them out. So um, a lot of times we focus just on the new kids, and that's great, but we also want to send them away appropriately when they have to move and go to a different school district or state or wherever the military takes that family. So we have a range of topics that we uh, offer a six clock hour session. So that is a one-day training. Um, we really cover trainings um, and topics 
anywhere from social emotional, uh, what it's like to be a military student, um, how does that impact their social emotional uh, status when they have to transition in. We have a foundations course that is great for educators who um, are not familiar with the military, but then also may live in a place where there's not a ton of military students, but they, they have that influx of military students. So we train them on how to identify that military student and how to give them the proper support. Uh, we have a newer course that's supporting veterans' children through transition, and this was brought about by um, the Bob Woodruff Foundation. They really felt that it was important that service providers and educators understood uh, why there were so many people uh, leaving the military for various reasons. So we train those educators on why this final transition is different for military students and how to help them and support them, especially when a parent is wounded, ill, or injured. We also have a training about responding to the military child with exceptional needs. So this is all about students who have different learning needs, like um, they, have, they may have an IEP or a 504 plan, but then also our gifted students. A lot of times they struggle um, with the social aspect of school, so we um, help that educator, and a lot of times it's the special education team that attends that training. And how do they reach out to the surrounding installation um, with the Exceptional Family Member Program? Because we want them to be uh, we want that to be a collaborative process between the school and the military installation to provide those services to our students with exceptional learning needs. So those are the basic trainings that we offer. But then for school districts, we've started to do some shorter three-clock-hour trainings uh, because it's really hard for our teachers and our counselors to break away from the, the campus. So we would like to provide um, shorter trainings on-site for school districts. And one of the, the first ones will be social-emotional learning, which is huge now with our um, Every Student Succeeds Act. That's actually a requirement. So we want to give uh, teachers the tools that they need to start a social-emotional learning plan at their campus. And then we're looking at lots of other topics that impact educators and our military kids and really any student who experiences transition and separation and lots of, of different experiences. We want these trainings to be relevant for all students. So that's really professional development in a nutshell. We are also accredited through the National Board of Certified Counselors. We're working on accreditation for the National Association of Social Workers, and that just really allows us to provide the credential that those professionals need to reinstate their licenses. So, so those accreditations are really important to us, and it helps us maintain a very high standard of curriculum development and trying to really stay cutting edge to make sure that all of our military students are supported in their educational experiences. Thank you. Excellent. My name is Jackie Motloff, the Program Manager for the Military Student Transition Consultant, or MSTC. Jackie, can you tell us a little bit about your program? Fantastic. Yes, thank you for this opportunity. I am really proud of this program and so thankful for the professionals that are our Military Student Transition Consultants. We have 16 consultants that are embedded across seven states, and they cover 10 school districts. 
these MSTCs work daily in their embedded campuses, and they range in coverage from pre-K and elementary school ages through high school. So an MSTC's focus will be tailored specifically to the needs of the district as the district has identified what they believe their military population. Can you talk a little bit more about the the role of the MSTC? Like, what is it that they do? What can they do for families or districts specifically? Well, that's, that's kind of a loaded question because on every site, in every school, you know, think about schools have their own culture and they have their own needs and they have their own rhythm. So no MSTCs will do the exact same thing, and they um, really focus on exactly what a school district requests of them. And so a typical day is arriving before the buses and the students arrive every morning, and then welcoming the students into the school, remaining visible and available through all transitions, meeting with students in the cafeteria, ensuring that all new students have support, somebody to sit and eat with. That's just kind of an overview, but specifically what an MSTC does is they're responsible for meeting one-on-one with every newly transitioning in military-connected student in their school. So within the first two weeks of a new military student arriving, the MSTC will identify that student and find a time that they can meet with the student do an intake interview, get to know them, get to know how an MSTC can help them and what resources perhaps that student or that family needs. Because an MSTC follows up with the parents immediately after they speak with the student. Also, MSTCs provide professional development for the staff on their campuses. So a great example would be at the beginning of the year, an MSTC providing a Military 101 or an acronyms class for staff in the school. But additionally, sometimes we have MSTCs who provide very specific professional development when requested. An example of that might be social-emotional learning for students in the classroom. Excellent. Thank you for clarifying that for me also and just, you know, letting us know a little bit more about the program. We also have the Military Student Transition Affiliate So the Military Student Transition Affiliate Program is more focused and campus-specific program. So whereas the MSTC program, an MSTC might be responsible for between four and ten campuses. It's a full-time job. That that Mm -hmm. is an MSEC employee. MSTCs are MSEC employees, but we... We realize that there are some school districts that absolutely have an impacted population and they want to support their military students, but they may not have the funding to pay for a full-time employee. So we created a reduced version called the Affiliate Program where a district comes to us and says, we have this one campus, right? We have Meadows Elementary and we have military students here that we want to support, but We don't have the funding to pay for an MSTC. How can you help us? What we've done is for the nine months of a school year, we support the school. They identify an employee, an existing employee. Let's just, for example, a counselor or could be a teacher in the school that has the capacity to dedicate between two and four hours of their work week 
to supporting military students, then that person who is already an employee connects with me, and we build out a program specific to that school. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for telling me a little bit more about that program, and that way we can share that with more schools and more families. So I appreciate it. I want to thank you again for listening on our podcast today. We'd like to invite you to visit our website at www.militarychild.org. Like the Military Child Education Coalition on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Please join us again next time as we share more stories that impact our military-connected kids.